Well, let's welcome back Coach Bruton. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Not, not really any big team updates. Just uh, obviously excited about the win last week, um, getting ready for what's going to be a, a monster test um, at Aurora and you know, know what, what that's going to take and, and the type of effort and execution it's going to take. Um, but just excited that we're, you know, played better. I thought we played with tremendous more, tremendously more emotion and uh, had a really good result, a really good weekend, and um, just looking forward to, to finishing the year strong now. Well, let's talk about that big victory last week. Uh, very close. You guys took a, a, a commanding lead over them early. They battled back to make it close. Your thoughts on the game itself? Yeah, like I said, I thought we just played with, with tremendously more energy, and that was something that we preached all week. We were really disappointed with the effort um, against CUW. Just emotionally, it didn't feel like we got up for the game and really challenged our guys. And, you know, honestly, at, at one and six, there's a lot of different ways that can go, and um, was really proud of the way our players responded, uh, especially defensively. I thought our, our effort defensively was outstanding, and uh, we put those guys in some tough situations and, and you know, obviously jumped out 20 nothing, and, and then kind of stalled offensively and, uh, our defense just responded time and time again and uh, turned them over, uh, was able to get pressure, made big plays, and uh, that, that was what was really exciting to see was just the growth of that group and just how hard they played. Um, you know, offensively, it's kind of the same story. We went up and down the field throughout the game and, and just didn't execute in the red zone and had a couple turnovers that were really costly, um, you know, but a lot of positives. And, and anytime you can finish a game, you know, with a pick six, it kind of, kind of seals it and, uh, and just kind of finish that way. It was really exciting. Well, talking about that defense for a moment, there are a lot of stats that you could look at that I thought really show the performance of the group. But three of 16 on third down conversions for Eureka. I know you've talked about trying to get your defense off the field. Did, did you feel like maybe something kind of turned the corner for this group in the way that they performed Saturday? Yeah, like I said, I think a lot of it just comes down to, uh, you know, just to playing with that, that right emotion and the right effort. Um, we just played really, really hard. And that's something that solves a lot of problems, just playing hard. And, you know, they went to a lot of, uh, a lot of looks where, where our corners were put on islands. Um, and our two corners are outstanding. They've been outstanding all year. Um, but Jason and Trail really stood up, and they were tested a ton. Um, so a lot of those third downs were, you know, with them putting um, two pretty talented receivers on the outside, and, and our corners manned up, and our guys made plays, you know, time and time again. And, and we were able to get some pressure, which helped. Um, I thought Coach Lato and the staff had a, just a great game plan and, and came in and really executed um, throughout the game, brought different pressure looks, and, and that was important. Um, but, yeah, I mean, getting off the field, obviously, on third downs was huge. It, you know, we continued to, um, you know, a lot of those third downs, too, came after we had, you know, not done things well offensively, and they were kind of called and, and had to uh, step up the challenge again, and we had a lot of three and outs and things like that. So just a really good overall performance. Devin Harris with another big performance for you. Robbie was, was solid. I, I got to wonder, you got to be salivating thinking about your offense over the next few years. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I think, um, you know, when Robbie's been in there, you know, we've really been clicking and we've been building momentum. And, uh, you know, he left the game early in the second quarter. I think uh, when he left the game in about 17 minutes, we had, you know, 20 points and 270 yards or, or something crazy. And, um yeah, I mean, we look we look to the future and say, you know, a year from now we're going to have a quarterback that's, uh, you know, a second-year starter and a sophomore, and he's going to be stronger and, you know, have a year in the weight room. Um, the way the way Vaughn has come on, uh, him and Jay in the backfield, we feel really, really good. That was kind of a position early in the year that we had a lot of question marks about, um, and now we have a chance to bring both of those guys back. 
Um, and then the receiver group is getting better and better. You know, I think we'll bring back that entire receiver group, and you're seeing week after week kind of a different guy step up and, and just improving and, and, and developing their chemistry with Robbie and things like that. So, uh, you know, that's that's probably the thing that, that has us most excited coming back. And, and, and then we have a number of guys come back on defense. So um, you, don't, you never want to look too far ahead, but it's, it's, it's really hard not to because you think – um, it's kind of be kind of the opposite situation we were in this year. Uh, this year we came into the year really returning none of our skill guys offensively. Next year we should return all of them, um, and that's that's really exciting. And, and I think uh, the belief that our guys offensively with that group is growing week after week, and, and they really are starting to believe um, that we can be a really special offensive unit in the future. You know, I mean, I think about the running backs you've had over the last years. You know, Dez was great, Eddie, and, and Larry Rivers obviously was fantastic, and I'm missing a couple of other guys out of that group that have had phenomenal seasons for you. Now you've got two other guys here, and, and Jay and uh, Devin Harris, and I, I'm kind of curious, are are you building a reputation that the guys who want to play Division three football are recognizing this is a place where I can go as a running back and be successful, or is this just you finding the right fit? Well, I hope so. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take more good ones. If they want to come put on a musky uniform, we'd love to have them. Um, I think a little bit is we, we've had some really special kids. You know, Des Eddy and, and Larry Rivers were um, just tremendous, tremendous talents, um, but also really good hard, you know, really hard workers and competitive kids and, um, you know, guys that kind of developed as they went. Um, you know, these two guys, you know, quite honestly, both were transfers for us. Um, and we're a little bit more unknowns. We didn't we didn't exactly know what we were getting, um, and both of them really exceeded expectations. To be quite honest, um, you know, I thought that group, I thought that running back group for us could be solid. Um, it's become a huge strength. You know, we have two potential um, first team all league type kids down the line, um, and, and that's something that you know is really hard to replicate. And you know, we've been really primarily a one back offense. Uh, but you start to think about maybe some two-back stuff we could do with those two guys or, or different looks. They both catch the ball well, um, so possibly putting them out at receiver and doing some different things as well. So, um, yeah, it just gives you different options, you know. And, you know, I think a, a third guy, Gabe Mena, has, um, has really improved, you know, and he's been kind of now the second back and kind of spelling, um, spelling Don a little bit. And when he's been in the game, you know, he's been effective running the ball and, um, that group has just really improved throughout the year. Um, you know, obviously our offense line's done a nice job, and, and really everything's predicated in our offense about just getting getting the numbers we want in the run game. And we've been able to throw the ball enough to kind of balance some numbers. Um, and then this year, especially, you know, Robbie's ability as a runner has really created some positive numbers for us in the run game. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. You know, I think we're number number five right now in the country in rushing offense. And you know, I. I didn't expect that coming into the year for sure, you know, but that group's continued to get better week after week. This week you take on the big dogs in Aurora who are 7-1. and one. You're a keys to this contest. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage. Um, we've got to be able to run the ball. Um, we've got to be able to run the ball effectively, and, you know, I don't know that we're going to rush for 300 yards again, but um, – we got to stay in really positive down and distance situations. You know, we we talked this week four and a half a carry is kind of the number. Uh, if we can average four and a half a carry, you know, we feel like we're in pretty good shape. On the other side of the ball, uh, they're really explosive offensively. Uh, you know, when they've gotten into tight games, they become a little bit more run heavy and, and have kind of relied on the back. That's been kind of their their mojo the last couple of years. You know, they they'll throw it all over the place and they have great success. In fact, you know, they have outstanding receivers, great quarterback play. 
but when they really get challenged, they rely on the offensive line and the run game. And, and you saw that last week against Benedictine. Uh, we saw that in the second half, you know, last year against us. You know, what, what was a really tight game, a game that was a lot tighter than the final score. Um, they ran the ball 32 out of 35 plays in the second half. Um, we've got to be able to stop the run on defense or, or, or contain the run on defense. And then offensively, we've got to be able to find a way to run the ball. Uh, we've got to stay in the game. You know, I, I think they have the ability to really blitz teams, and you've seen that. You know, I think they went up 35 nothing in the first quarter against Eureka. Um, they blitzed. Uh, WLC, um, you know, the last couple weeks, you know, Benedictine had a lead at the half. Um, St. Norbert's is in a 7-6 game with them at the half. And I think for us, just just hanging around and, and making enough plays to stay close gives us a shot. And, and that's the key. You know, they haven't lost a conference game since 2018, um, and, and they haven't for a reason. They've been the best team in our league and, and the most talented team, and they've executed the best. And it's a tremendous challenge. You know, we, we talk to our guys. We want to be the team that finally beats them. Um, and that, that has to be the, the mindset going in, and, and, uh, but it's going to be a tremendous challenge. Now, the last couple of weeks, opponents have had a, a fairly successful job, I guess you'll say, <laughs> kind of slowing down that offense. Um, yeah. When you look at their performance, do you feel like you're able to do some things to at least keep them to 20, 24 points? I mean, that's the hope. Um, you know, they, they, they hit you a lot of different ways. You know, they, they can run the ball, like I said, and, and really effective. they got a great back. Um, you know, quarterback is a, is a scholarship transfer that's in there. And, then, you know, they have the same receivers that they've had for a couple of years. They're really dynamic players. And, you know, I think for us, our secondary is going to have to hold up because um, we're going to have to, you know, play some heavy boxes in the run game. We're going to have to bring some pressure um, in our secondary. You know, it's been, been a strength for us is really going to have to hold up. Our two corners are going to have to be great again. Um, it's going to be a tremendous challenge, you know, and, and our guys know that. They know uh, the challenges ahead of them. Um, you know, I think the more you can make them a little bit one-dimensional, that, that, that helps. And, and we've seen that a little bit uh, from, from teams where you, if you can take away one, one half of it, you know, where, where they become really tough is when they're running the ball effectively um, and then can still, still take the big shots offensively um, in the passing game. So, uh, it's going to be a challenge. You know, I think if we can hold them to that, that range, we, we'll feel really good. You know, if we can hold them to the, you know, 30 or less, you know, we feel like we'll have a shot, um, and, and that's all we can ask for. I'm always interested about the mentality of a team in a situation like this. I, I think some teams could look at this and go, oh, my God, we've got to face Aurora this week. How are we going to battle up against them? Some would go, man, I want to go beat those guys really badly. How is your team approaching this? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think we're going in with the right mindset. You know, we've talked all week about, like I said, we want to be the team that beats them. Um, we said that all last year. You know, we knew we had them at home. We knew we had them at senior day. We knew we had a really good football team and, um, you know, thought we had a shot in that game um, going in. You know, knew we had a shot as the game went on and, and just didn't execute down the stretch. And uh, it was a big disappointment, something we talked a lot about in the off season. Um, you know, this year it's a little different situation. You know, last year we were going in the game and both teams were seven and one, um, or, or I think they were six and two. We were seven and one, and, and you know, it was kind of the conference championship game. You know, this year, you know, it's a different situation for for both of us. You know, they're kind of wrapping up a, a, another conference championship. Uh, we we've ha- haven't had the success that we expected this year, um, but mindset-wise, it doesn't change. You know, we want to be the team that, that finally beats them. Um, you know, the scary thing, quite honestly, as a coach and and you know, is, is if they do get ahead early, you know, what's, what's our mindset going to be to fight back? And that's something that I think you always struggle with, um, you know, is 
it's a road game, it's a long road trip, it's an early morning. There's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, and you just hope that, that our guys continue to play. And we, we've shown that, that we've continued to fight. You know, we've lost a ton of close games. Uh, we really haven't been blown out all year. We've, we've been in kind of every game that we've played. Um, and you just want to give yourself a chance late, you know, and uh, continue to build this thing for, for the future. But, yeah, I think mindset-wise, we, we have the right mindset going in. You know, I think the the hard part is that that mindset stay. You know, if there's some adversity, um, and that's what we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see. You know, again, the, the type of uh, type of team we have. You know, we expect that we're gonna compete for for 60 minutes, uh, but again, we got to keep it close early because if you don't, again, that mindset can come into play a little bit. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll start with Victor. He says, Coach, when you decide to go with a younger player to keep position like quarterback, how hard is that conversation with the upperclassmen, especially a senior, to tell them that they are not going to be the starter any longer? Yeah, it's tremendously difficult, you know, especially when it's a senior that you have so much respect for. And you know, I have so much respect for Lane, uh, what he's done for our program. Um, saw how hard he works, and he's a student of the game. And, um, you know, sometimes, again, things get – pinpointed on the quarterback or on different positions that aren't always their fault, you know, and uh, Wayne had some of that, you know, he had, he threw some good balls early in the year that, you know, we didn't execute or didn't, didn't produce or we didn't protect or things like that. And, um, but ultimately it was the right decision for the team. And uh, to Wayne's credit, you know, I, while I know he was disappointed, um, he's been outstanding, um, outstanding all year long, helping Robbie on the sidelines, watching film, you know, he'll come in and say, Hey coach, have you thought about running this concept? Have you thought about, how we can attack with this pass route or something like that. And this has really stayed engaged and uh, has been ready when we called on him. Um, and I'd say the same thing about, you know, who's been our number three quarterback, Isaiah Malone. Um, the same way, you know, he's been, he's been locked in. You know, he's talking to Robbie. When Robbie comes to the sidelines, he's saying, hey, did you see this? Did you see they went to cover three here? Do you see, the, you know, uh, what the backside looked like and things like that? And those two guys have really um, almost they're like big brothers for Robbie. You know, they've been uh, helping him out on the sidelines, you know, really trying to pump him up. You know, when, when, when he hasn't made a great throw or something like that, they're, they're calming him down. And it, it's been really cool to see. I've been really proud of those two guys as upperclassmen that have uh, really wrapped their arms around Robbie. And, and, you know, I think the other thing is when you see how good Robbie has played and how good he's going to be down the line, you know, you, you kind of understand it. And, and I think our guys as a team understand that, hey, this, this kid's pretty special. And, uh, you know, he's going to be pretty special for a long time. And, you know, that's our hope at least. And uh, they kind of understand why the decision was made when it was made. Ian would like to know, he says, I know you're focused on this season, but as you look at Benedictine, Aurora, and St. Norbert for next year, do you expect them to take a step back because of so many of their key players are seniors now? Yeah, you know, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard to know who's a senior and who's a fourth-year senior and who's a COVID senior. Um, and, and that's something that is really difficult. You know, we were looking – uh, we got the two deep from Aurora, and they, they start 11 seniors on offense. And, and that's the first time I've ever seen that. You know, we're a team on one side of the ball is starting 11 seniors. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that all 11 won't be back next year or some combination won't be back. Um, you know, with COVID, the NCAA granted everybody a blanket year. Um, so any, any player can kind of play that fifth season with, with no penalty. So um, you don't know. You don't know who's going to come back. You don't know who um, – you know, who might be back, who won't be back, who's going to take the fifth year, who may transfer. Um, the other thing that it's done is it's, um, it's, it's granted guys kind of the opportunity to play a fifth year somewhere else. Um, so you see a lot of guys that graduate, they're done with their four years, and they say, hey, I want a different experience or a different opportunity, and they'll transfer. And um, It's just different. It's a different landscape. So 
it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to predict who may be back. Um, you know, a situation like like Benedictine. You know, their quarterback last year um, was outstanding. Jarnigan was a senior. Um, thought he was gonna. You know, we thought he was gonna graduate. And now he's back for a fifth year. Um, and you just don't know. You don't know who who's gonna be in the in kind of that mold. And, and we're. You know, we have some of those kids right now we're having conversations with that they're looking saying, hey, does it make sense to play the fifth year? Do I want to start grad school? Um, so it, it's happened at our place, too. You know, there's some seniors in our roster right now that potentially are going to be back. Um, that would be a huge boost for what our prospects look like a year from now. So it's tough. It's really tough to tell. You know, the, the other thing I'll say is that with the transfer portal, um, you know, rosters year to year look very different. And, and you'll see... There's some kids right now. Roar starting a defense end that was at you know at Western Illinois, and he was at a couple other different places. And um, you know they got a safety that's a transfer. And you know there, there's guys kind of every year now that are transferring in. And um, you know if you look at our roster, you know we have two running backs, like I said, that are both transfers that that no one heard of um, in our conference you know six months ago. And, and now they're they're producing at, at a high level. So you just don't know year to year what what every team's going to look like and. Uh, makes it a little bit harder to prepare, but it also makes it really interesting and, and allows you the ability to improve some of your position groups very quickly. Jacob would like to know, he's turning to uh, Division One college so far. He says, with Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, and TCU all undefeated, and Alabama with one loss, I get that a few of those teams are going to suffer a loss because they play each other, but who do you see standing as the four teams when the playoffs begin? Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think you'll get two SEC teams. So however that however that breaks down, um, you know I, I think you know Alabama if they don't suffer another loss is probably looking you know to be in the SEC championship game. So kind of the winner of Georgia Tennessee um, has a really good shot. I think Alabama still has a really good shot. But I'd be surprised if there's not two SEC teams. I think the Ohio State Michigan winner is in. Um, and then I think, you know, the fourth team, you know, probably Clemson has a leg up, um, but, but possibly TCU if they went out and win the Big 12 championship, you know, look, looks good as well. So um, we'll see. You know, I think I'm really interested in the, the Tennessee-Georgia, and I, I honestly think Tennessee is going to beat Georgia um, on Saturday in Georgia. And, you know, if that's the case, now that puts a, puts a, puts a wrinkle on things. I think, uh, I think Clemson's at Notre Dame this week. Uh, if not this week, maybe it's next week. And I think that could be a, a roadblock for Clemson. Notre Dame's playing a little bit better. Um, and TCU, you know, may have the best resume out of all of them. So, you know, I, I would still say, though, two SEC teams, Big Ten champion, and then, and then probably between Clemson and TCU, depending on if, if one of those teams has a loss down the line. But it's, it's a little different. You know, I think there's still a lot of football left. There's going to be some losses out there that teams don't see. And, Somebody's going to stumble unexpectedly, and you know I wouldn't be shocked if it was Clemson. Zach says, over the last few years, I've heard you talk about a lot of different sports. It seems like there is not a sport out there that you do not know about. So, is there anything in the sports world that you just don't like? Any any sport in the sports world you just don't like? Yeah, you know I don't know if I don't like. I wouldn't say I don't like it. I'm not a big hockey guy. You know, just have never uh, never skated in my life. Um, so never really got into hockey. I always always was a basketball player, so I, you know I'm a big basketball guy. Um, honestly, I got, I got into soccer um, during COVID. You know, so I think when when COVID hit and kind of all American sports shut down for that period, um, you know, one of the first things that came back was European soccer. So all of a sudden, I was you know watching Bundesliga games in Germany on Saturday mornings. You know, just just to get a sports fix. So got a little more into soccer. Um, 
But probably the one, you know, baseball I don't follow on a day-to-day basis. I've always been a huge White Sox fan uh, coming from the south side of Chicago, so I still follow the White Sox. But probably day-to-day I don't follow baseball quite as much as, as uh, some of the others. But, you know, I love sports. I'm, I come home and I put ESPN on. And, you know, I love, uh, obviously, football. I love basketball. Um, I've gotten more into soccer and, and some of the other ones. So just keeps me uh, keeps me interested. I love, uh, you know, the Masters. Um Horse racing, you know, I kind of follow all of it, so uh, pretty pretty well rounded. Future dad would like to know what age do you recommend that a child start playing football? I think that's a really tough question. Um, so I started playing in fourth grade. Um, I, I think that that's a fine time, but but I don't think necessary. You know, it's necessary. Um, you know, my, my son, uh, both my boys played flag football this year. Um, Colton, for the first time, is an eighth grader, and you know, I think he did it just more for the social aspect of it. I don't, you know, I don't know that he'll play high school football. Um, Kanan seems to have a little bit more interest, and he's played flag football the last two years in first and second grade. And I anticipate we're going to keep him in flag football for at least a couple more years. Um, you know, I think a, a really good time to start is probably junior high uh, if you want to start playing tackle football. Um, but, but, again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. You know, I think if you, if you decide you want to start, your son wants to start um, or, or your child wants to start a little earlier, I think that's okay. Um, you know, I think if, you're, if your son decided you want to wait till high school to start, that's okay too. You know, I, I think it kind of depends on, on what makes sense. The biggest thing I'll say is um, I think it's really important to just let your kids play a lot of sports. You know, let them play what they want to play. And um, there's so many transferable skills that, that – will help you, you know, if ultimately you decide to become a football player, you know, playing, um, playing basketball and, and having the lateral quickness and things like that, the hand-eye coordination, you know, playing baseball. You know, we have so many guys, I think I've said in the past, they, they can't track balls well in the air because they never played in the outfield. I think there's just some of those transferable skills that, that are important, and I think, you know, not specializing, allowing your kids to kind of have that rest and, and recovery time where, you know, maybe they're using different muscle groups and things like that is, is really important. Jenny says, so you tax, you have a, a tax you charge your kids on trick-or-treat candy. So I'm curious, is this a flat tax where every kid pays the same amount to you, or do you have a higher tax for the older ones who are more likely to get candy than the younger child? Yeah, it's really more just what's available. So I think the, the, uh, the kids that do a better job of, of putting their Halloween basket somewhere that's a little further from my reach uh, are probably getting taxed less. Um, it's really, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's a flat tax as opposed to if I'm walking past, you know, in the kitchen and there's a Halloween bucket out there, I'm probably grabbing something. Um, so not great for, uh, for, for my physique this time of year. Um, but if it's there, like, it's really hard to, to walk past a Kit Kat and not, and not grab it, you know. So um, I don't even know whose bucket is whose, but I'm just, if there's candy, I'm grabbing. So that's kind of what it comes down to. And, you know, I try to, you know, I guess try to keep it pretty even and, you know, when you take a couple couple pieces from one from one bucket, you know, you start to see it's a little lower. So maybe you will grab from the other bucket another time. So um, that, that's that's kind of where we're at. Ben says, "Let me state up front, Coach, that I am a huge Christmas fan. However, Christmas stuff being sold in September is a little over the top for me. Join me in my outrage, Coach." Yeah, uh, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? We we got to, you know, there's, there's a natural progression here. Let us get through Halloween. You know, we'll celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I think kind of November 1 is kind of the date for me. Like, once you get through Halloween, it's November 1. You want to start putting up some Christmas stuff. 
I get it. You know, whether that's the Christmas lights because the weather's still okay and you want to get you want to get the house decorated or um, the stores want to put up the trees and stuff like that. I think I think you're good about November one, but anything earlier than that, you know, is, is a little outrageous. So uh, I'm with you. Santa Santa can wait his turn. And our words of wisdom for this week. Yeah. So this one's a little little bit two part. Uh, the 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 best the best way I can put it is just never assume. Right, so never assume that, that your players or your kids um, know something. So we had a situation in our game on Saturday, um, 50 seconds left. Um, we have the boss, third down. They have no timeouts left. And, and all we need to do is run the ball and, and uh, keep the clock running. And we're going to run off uh, 40 seconds of time. And, and, you know, maybe we snap the ball on fourth down with three or four seconds. And, um Vaughn, our, our running back, who, like I said, had a monster day, um, bounces a run and ends up running out of bounds and stopping the clock. And, you know, as, as a coach, you just you assume that um, he knows, hey, we got to stay in bounds in this situation. And we talked in the huddles after timeout. We talked about ball security. Um, but, again, you know, as a coach, you, you realize, hey, I can never assume that um, – Never assume that they know, you know, and, and a really easy just reminder, hey, make sure we stay in bounds, you know, would, would have put us in a much better situation to, to finish out and close that game. So uh, that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it happened the next day when we were out trick-or-treating with the kids. And, you know, you go up to the house and you see the buckets that say, you know, take two or take one, and, and there's nobody out there distributing the candy. And let me tell you, the first about half hour of trick-or-treating, my kids made some of the most egregious uh, errors in decision-making. Um, had, had my daughter taking, taking Smarties, um, because you get a lot of candy with a Smartie, uh, passing up, you know, name-brand candy for some of the garbage they were taking. And, you know, they would come, you know, you kind of stay on the sidewalk, they'd run up to the house, they'd come back, and they'd say, I got this. And, and I'm thinking, what are we doing here, you know? And um, just assume that they would have a better understanding of the, the candy hierarchy. And it was honestly, it was a huge mistake on my part, you know? So we uh, had to start telling them, like, hey, the, you know, Smarties are garbage candy. You know, that's, we're, we're bypassing the Smarties. You know, we, we, need, we need chocolate. We need name-brand candy. Um, you know, I had to talk to them about, you know, my son's bringing back Whoppers. Like, what, what are we doing here, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was just, it's one of those things. Just never assume that, that your players, never assume that your kids know something. You know, make sure you're very, um, you know, they, they, obviously they're going to learn a lesson. You know, when it's about a week from now when, when the candy supply is getting low and all they got left is Smarties, they're going to be kicking themselves. Um, but never assume that they, they know something they should know. That's a fantastic thought. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, Coach. All right, Rob, take care.